Our scripture this morning comes from 2 Kings chapter 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken a captive, a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of leprosy. As the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father... If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. <clears throat> oh, Holy Lord, thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is active even now as we consider what we've just heard, but we pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive that which you have just for us, and that as soon as we hear that word from you, that it would be pressed deeply within us and not easily taken from us. Now, gracious Lord, I pray you will take these simple words of mine and turn them from water into wine, because Lord, we know you will take even the simplest of things and do miracles with it. So do it now in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So my question this morning is, why do we make things so complicated? We really do, don't we? I mean, the simplest of things. And we can become so overwhelmed, so perplexed, so frustrated and discouraged. And it really could be the simplest thing. I was watching a a show with my niece and nephew who are with us this week. And it was a baking show. Now, it wasn't one of those baking shows with like the expert bakers. This was the baking show with those novice bakers, those who really want to be able to bake but can't do a lick. They cannot. I mean, you should see the pictures of the things that they've created. You just shake your head and wonder if they're even edible. So a simple recipe. If you're a baker, you know what I'm talking about. A simple recipe. And they just make it the most confusing thing, doing more things than are necessary. Now, if you have ever made buttercream icing, you know that you need your butter to be soft, not melted and hot. But I'm telling you on this show, these people are sticking their, micro, their, their butter in the microwave, and there it is bubbling and boiling, and they're trying. Oh, no. Oh, it's just awful. And then, now this one just got me too. They were using molding chocolate. I've never used it, but because I've watched the show, I know all you need is the heat from your hands to be able to mold this chocolate. They're putting it in the microwave, and it became all oily and gross. I mean, if you're a real chocolate lover, I guess it would do, but ooh, no thank you. It was a simple little task, and when you're told how simple it is, it makes a lot of sense. But if you're not sure how to do it, you come up with all of these other ideas in your head of, well, maybe I need to do this, and then I should probably do that so that I can do the simple task at hand. And that is just a fun, silly illustration, because let's be honest, there are all kinds of things that we complicate, that we make to be much more difficult than they need to be. Some things in our work, in our relationships, it's true. How often would a simple I'm sorry make all the difference instead of this explanation or that explanation? Just a simple I'm sorry. Responding with a simple I receive your apology. You're forgiven. Whoa, folks. That was awful simple. But it can be so important. How about even if we try to offer a simple thank you, right? And we think, oh, this would be so nice. I, I just want to do something nice for this person just to let them know how much I appreciate them. And a, and a card would just be, oh my gosh, it would be perfect. Or, or even some $5 flowers from Giant Eagle even. What a simple little thing. And the thank you would be felt. But these days we think, oh, I should probably get something that's personalized. And now I've got to order something and it'll take weeks to get here. And we've made it much more difficult than it needed to be. Because a simple thank you is really all that was needed. Naaman here this morning seems to be complicating things just a bit. This young girl from Israel is there in the kingdom of Aram and, and serving in Naaman's home. She says to her mistress, listen, if, if my master would just go to Israel to the prophet in Samaria, he would be healed. Now, Naaman 
being the commander of an army, he knew what a direction was. He knew the importance of following a direction, of, of following the simple direction. Go and do this. Don't try to figure out some other way to accomplish the task. Go and do this. Now, I understand that as the commander of an opposing army, yes, it was probably a good idea for him to go and tell his king and to have a little letter to say, he's crossing into your territory, but it's not uh, in a military pursuit. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's probably a good thing to have. But did you catch how Naaman went first to the king of Aram, then to the king of Israel, who says, what? Me? I can't do anything for you. Can I raise the dead? Bring those back to life? He tore his robes. He was so upset over it. Now, that was a big deal, to tear your robe. And so Elisha, the prophet, hears of how Nahum has come and hears that, that the king has torn his robe. And so he, he sends a message to the king. Just send him to me. And so Naaman finds his way finally to Elisha. He finds himself at the door of Elisha's home. Elisha doesn't even come out to greet him. Elisha simply sends a message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. What? Surely not. Naaman is outraged. That is what you want me to do? I've come all of this way. I've gone through all of this time, all of this procedure, and all you want me to do is go into your river. I could go into any one of the rivers in, in, my, own, in my own territories that are far superior, he said, to your Jordan River. Why would he do such a thing? He didn't even come and tell me himself. So he was out. He was gone. He wasn't going to take it. And his servant said, stop, wait. If he had told you to do some great thing, would you have done it? Yes, I would have done it. But to hear something so simple, he didn't think that was enough. Okay, so Naaman goes, dips himself seven times in the Jordan River, and comes out completely healed, returns to Elisha's house, and says, now I know that there is no God except for the God of Israel. He was not given some task. There was no journey he had to, to accomplish. He didn't have to follow some trail and accomplish all these things along the way. He didn't have to make a way for himself. He simply needed to do one thing. So simple. To trust that he would be cleansed if he would just do what the prophet said. It was just that simple. It was so simple. And I'm afraid that we 
do the same thing with our faith. We, we make it so complex that there are so many things that we have to do or that we don't do it well or enough. And so somehow we are not the people that we should be because there's more we should be doing and we should be doing it better. And I, I just want to ask if we're not complicating things. Perhaps we need to realize that, that our faith in God really is so simple. It's so simple because there is nothing that we have to do to earn God's love and forgiveness and grace. And it's, it really is that simple that whoever we are, whatever we're going through, that a simple statement from our hearts, from our mouth that declares that we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that, that our sins are forgiven because Jesus died for us in our place on the cross. That's it. It's that simple. And no matter how many conversations you feel you should be having with your spouse or your best friend or your pastors or, or, or a Bible study teacher that you just admire, no matter how many times you say, oh, I wish, I need, I should, no, it is really just as simple as talking to God. It is really just as simple as opening your Bible and seeking him there. The word says that if we seek him, we'll find him. And, and you may be surprised to end up with an answer that you have been longing for if you would just open God's word and seek him. He will be found by you. And so I wonder if perhaps our faith has just been made a bit more complex than it needs to be. Let me ask you also this. Have you told God that you believe in him? Have you experienced the forgiveness and grace that he has to offer? If you haven't, would you like to? Well, I'd like to ask us all to do something here. Would you, would you just go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads for me? Just close your eyes, bow your heads. We're going to pray in a moment. But with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to ask if maybe you'd like to say that simple prayer for the first time. And if it is for the first time, would you just raise your hand so just I could see it, just so I can encourage you? Because now, yeah, we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask all of us, if you would just repeat after me, all of us here together. God, thank you for making this so simple. 
I believe in you. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Please forgive me. I accept your grace and forgiveness. I choose to live each new day for you. Amen. It's that simple. It really is. That we would take each new day and focus more and more on God and less on less on the things that distract us, less on the things that make this life so complicated. And as we make small, little, simple changes, as we find ourselves looking to the scriptures, as we find ourselves in prayer to God, just having a conversation, we'll see our lives changing. We'll see ourselves transformed and others will see it too. So let's remember to keep it simple because that's all God asks of us, that we would follow him and not be distracted in the complexities of this world. Amen.